Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Afternoon. Welcome to your late lunch on LMFM Radio. I'm just looking at the television here and the weather's an RT. And you know what? It doesn't matter what it's doing in the country today. Because there's Nuala Carey and she's looking a million dollars in red this afternoon. Anyway, it's a little bit murky, but good on you, Nuala. Brightening up the weather as usual. Welcome to the show, Louise. You and I, shall we talk all the time, don't we? We were talking a few days ago. Uh, we know uh, how to talk, don't we? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. We got a little gift from somewhere for sure. <laughs> but we were yakking, uh, as we do, and brainstorming or whatever you like to call it. Anyway, it was Louise said to me, do you ever think about what's not in our homes anymore? Things that were, you know, fixtures, staples in Irish homes for years and years, but now they're gone. And what, what did you mention first? You said doilies. doilies. What mm. is a doily, Louise? Well, doily, like I remember um, growing up, I mean, used to be in school and you used to get this like piece of cloth and you'd do embroidery on it. Mm. And then you'd go home and it'd be put like on a dressing table or something. And then you'd get very fancier ones you know yes. in shops but kind of lacy ones and they'd always be put on little coffee tables and everything yeah. but no, I haven't seen them in years yeah yeah no, no that's that's a good one certainly doilies are then you were saying <clears throat> you used smoke many moons ago yeah I did and when I was a kid and you'd always buy your aunties and uncles and people Christmas presents and I used to always go down with my little pound into the 99p shops and buy ashtrays for them there's the thing that everybody I, had an ashtray in the house. I'd say there's very few homes now with an ashtray. Very, very few. I've never seen it, honestly, in years and years. I think even if you do smoke, a lot of people will just go outside now. Yes. So the ashtray is a thing that's gone as well. And th- this was one I never thought of. You were talking about was it seat covers or yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was. It was you know on the back of your couch. You know, a couch was for life. You know, years and years yeah. ago. And to keep it clean, you had these like almost like armrests uh, like a piece of cloth you put on the back of the settee and on the um, the, the arms of the settee yes. so if somebody I think it was if somebody sat down and they had you know Brillo cream or whatever in their hair <laughs> Brillo cream um, yeah. it stopped the grease going on to the the seat itself the seat and same with the hands like if you had yeah. dirty hands yes. you wouldn't get it, it just keep the couch clean I haven't mm. seen them in years. No, I know Mummy used to have them growing yeah, up. Yeah, and, and they were a thing, of course, as well. And then you said to me, what about yourself? What what do you remember that's not there? And, uh, definitely the little telephone book where all the names mm. and numbers of family members, 
you know, essential services or whatever that you wanted to contact, a plumber, electrician, whatever, all in that book. But loads of names of people and their addresses and their telephone numbers. Beside the telephone, the fixed line telephone, yeah. which I'd say is the thing that's disappeared as well, on a little table. You yeah. know, the book was on yeah. the table and you could go to it and you had your numbers. Telephone table. Yes, a telephone mm-hmm. table and, and the book. on. I'd say the phone book. I'd say there's very few people left with a phone book today. I'd say today. all three are, you know, the telephone. All of those. The telephone yeah. table. And the table probably gone as well. Yeah. The other thing I mentioned was Mom the, the chamber pot. A chamber pot was a thing that the people... Po. The pole. The old pole. Yes, that was a thing years and years ago when people didn't have bathrooms upstairs or that. And of course it was there for an emergency. And many people w- w- used it regularly. And matches. Do people have matches in houses today? You know, I do. Do you have matches? Mm. Do you like the fire? Yeah, the long matches. Yeah, but you know those things you click. Yeah, you can buy, and a flame comes on the top of them. I think they may have superseded I was the matches. Thinking of you the other day in Lidl because they sell them there. Do those they? Things that you the, were, the clicky you were thing. About. Yeah, they're very handy. The, the gun. So, folks, come on, let's hear from you today. What crosses your mind that is not in your home now that would have been a staple in your home? Would have been always there, say, in the home you grew up in, or in your home today? Are there things that? come to mind to you that are not there anymore and I'd have to say last night Louise posted this on LMFM's Facebook page and I went loads of things that you wouldn't even think of lots of things lots of things that you wouldn't think of and I'm going to come back to those but let us know 086-1800-658 WhatsApp or text me now that's 086-1800-658 something that crosses your mind that's not part of your home now and was at one stage an essential part of it. So with this in mind, we're joined. Stay with us. Louise is staying with us. I'm here and we're joined by our regular columnist. She brings us Burke's banter from time to time on the show. Sinead Burke is on the line. Afternoon, Sinead. Good afternoon, Jerry. Hi, Louise. How are you? We are good. Thanks for joining us on the show. Great to talk to you live today and uh, about this as well. Louise spoke to you this morning. Did you have a bit of a thought about this? I did, I did. And do you know what I'll start off with? I have two words for you. Good rooms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was never allowed in them. I don't know about you, Louise, but Only I was never allowed Day. in our good room. Yeah. yeah. Christmas Day, it was open to the public <laughs> or the rest of us. <laughs> and it was kind of like, I was simply thinking back, it was kind of like a mini museum Mm. family mm. but it was very much it was a mini museum but you were only showing the best of the family <laughs> you know it was very much like the, the shop window of yeah. the of the family so any trophies that yes. were you know we that any family were lucky enough to win so the go- in our house it was full of golfing trophies oh I see I see. And there was a good few mine rescue things as well I mm. remember and mm. they were all they all seemed to be made of either silver or crystal. Mm. And then there was the encyclopedias were also stored in the good room because obviously that showed that we were behind it all very intellectual and very clever. You believe that? That's just come in as you're speaking there. Encyclopedia Britannica, someone says, no longer part of the the house. And and you well, had them. Well, we, we, we actually had the child craft books. Oh, yes. Yes. And you could buy a few. So, like, the, 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 the chap would knock on the door and he'd come in and he'd kind of... Mum would have to entertain him in the kitchen and then he would sell her, say, we might have had money for A to F. Mm-hmm. And then he might come back in a couple of months' time and you might get F10. 
And then by the end of the year, you'd have the full complement of childcraft books and we could learn about, you know, Danish children and how they went to school. And yes. there was all sorts of random stuff in them. But the, the encyclopedias were there. Um, and then I was thinking then with regards to the, um, the, the other rooms. So mm. in the bathroom... Mm. We were, as you know, I'm quite a glamorous person. And um, that obviously came from childhood because I don't know whether it was Dynasty or Dallas, but we got notions anyway sometimes in, in the early 80s. And we had carpet in our bathroom. But not only that, we had, whoa, whoa, hold on to your hat here, uh, Louise. We had carpet running up the side of our bathroom. Oh, no. Oh, no way. <laughs> Happened. My mother had three under five at the time, so you can imagine the state Soggy of the carpet. carpet running up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you were posh. You were posh. And, it, and I have to say, it was avocado green. <laughs> Even better still. Did it go up the side of the toilet as well? <laughs> no. <laughs> Good but job. You'd be sitting. You'd be sitting in your carpet lined back. Yes. And I mean, there was times there was the three of us in it, myself and my two sisters were in it. Mm. And then you'd have to, everybody'd have to take a turn to go up the side where the taps were. <laughs> and sure, nobody had showers, but we had that rubber attachment yeah. yes. linked onto the tap. Yes. Yes. That's I something. Mean, now that's gone. I would, and I would be very interested, Jerry, to find out the level of child scalding incidents that happened in the 80s <laughs> oh, when they were yes. uh, introduced. Yes. I mean, they were never comfortable. You could mm. never get the, the ratio of cold and hot right. <laughs> I can still see them. I can actually see. And we, I, that never crossed my mind. But that's something that is gone. What about the kitchen area? What about your kitchen? Do you remember anything well, in the kitchen? Well, they, my mommy still has a dresser. And I know that you've had um, that gentleman on with you a couple of times, Jerry. You know the lad who yes. does, he documents the history of the dressers. Yes. And so I think the dressers are still going strong in the, with, with older people. However, for the younger cohort, the dressers are all back in. Mm. But they're all, you know, it's, it's chalk paint and, uh, you know, some fancy wallpaper on the back now. And you can't get dressers for love nor money. But people are buying old ones again and they're, they're revamping them and bringing them in. Yes. Yes. You know what? The comments are flying into us. Keep them coming. 086-1800-658. Do you remember something in your home that was part and parcel of life that's not there today? Let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp and, uh, uh, and text as well. Let me just read a few of these for you, Sinead, so you'll hear what, get a feel for what the listeners are saying. The Sacred Heart Lamp. Now, that's come in twice or three times there with the little red light underneath oh, it. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, you remember that yeah. one? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Cover over the arm of the chair is called. <laughs> no, I'm not going to read that. Uh, hi, Jerry. Sunlight and Life by Soap. Yes, my beloved granny always had them. Don't see them anymore. Um, the stick, if you were bold. Oh, no, that can't be parcel of the, part and parcel of any house now. Um, what about the little Spanish lady that covered the toilet rolls? Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah. No? Do you? Yeah. Do, 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 do There used to be a little poem with her. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and as well, you know, when you went abroad and um, you would bring back the tiny little dolls? Yes. The yeah. national costume? Yeah. And I think I still I, have one from Russell. Well, I'll tell you now, I think my mother had a collection of about 150 dolls. She? 
and I don't know where they are and I'd say they're nearly worth them in to this day. Oh, find them. Find them. Needless to say, Jerry, they were in the good room. Yes. Um, but I, I don't know where they are now, but everybody seemed to have them. And, <laughs> and we ornaments made out of seashells. Yes, I remember those two. And the the China cabinet, of course, in the good room was the thing where, you know, that all that type of thing was displayed. Here's more. The video DVD players, uh, takeaway menus, Jerry. Don't see many of them, although they come in, in the post in our, into our post box, I'd see from time to time. The big telephone directory that came in the door every year, Jerry. Now, there's one, Sinead. You remember the telephone directory that was delivered free to every house in Ireland and the golden pages? No more, are they? Huge, big bricks. Yes, things, Jerry. they were. They were indeed. The tin bath, says somebody else. Do you remember? I was washed in a tin bath in front of the fire. We hadn't a bathroom, to be honest with you. There's a phone ringing with Sinead. Is that with you, Sinead? No, no that's not with me. Hold on a minute. There's somebody, somebody trying to send us in a message on an old telephone here in the LMFM radio studio. Um uh, must have looked up the number in one of the books. <laughs> in the pages, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perhaps so. The Child of Prague, Jerry. What about that? I'd say the Child of Prague is still in some houses because when there's a yeah. wedding on. Uh, yeah. What about the cuckoo clock, says another listener. Now, the cuckoo clock. There are cuckoo clocks still about because we did it here on the show one day and we got a few pictures in. But again, they are receding in numbers for sure. Sinead, any more memories from any other part of your house? Bed, bedding has changed. Mm. Bedding has really changed because obviously it used to be the either downs yes. over the beds and you'd have the horrible scratchy wool blankets mm. or else you'd have the horrible scratchy wool blankets with, do you remember the candle with bread, bed spreads? Yes. They were kind of a corduroy kind they of finish on them. Yeah. And so everybody got them as wedding presents. <laughs> I don't remember them. <laughs> oh, you do, Louise. You do. It's kind of, they're like, they look kind of like corduroy. <laughs> and there'd be like some classic yeah. embroidery on them. There was. There was. I, I do remember those. And I know the name you're talking about there. There's somebody else says, well, Jerry, what about the brass knocker on the front door that was polished with brasso? Oh, they, people took pride in those knockers on their front doors, didn't they? Still <laughs> <laughs> do. <laughs> now Sinead Bork Sinead Bork don't be thinking something else there I mean the brasso on the brass knocker on the door for sure but that's an old I remember that people took pride in having the you know it'd be sparkling and shining in the sunlight and really nowadays do people have time even to, <laughs> to look at the front door they're in and out and, and busy uh, what else Sinead any more for us do you know on the cleaning thing there though Jerry? you're right I mean what I I remember our jobs when we were younger at home was and I the, the, the trophies and everything else would be taken out of the good room and brought into the kitchen and you'd go on it with brasso and then you'd wipe it back off again Yes. and silver as well was the other one and I wouldn't say any child in Ireland knows how to do that now and you know I was doing it from the time I was eight and I'd say everybody else was as well yeah. and it, the cleaning stuff is hard to get now I mean I'm genuinely marked the date in the calendar when Sinead turned into her mother but I mean, it's hard to get cleaning stuff now. Mm. A carpet cleaner. You yes. can't. It's very hard to get a thousand and one. Um, the, the bottles of a thousand and one. It's, it's 
carried by very few supermarkets now. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm turning into my mother, Jerry. That's, that's it now. <laughs> we all do. We all, we all t- turn into our mother and fathers. They're flying in. Will I give you another selection of these? Here's some more new ones that we're seeing. Maraid says, Jerry, that teapots are becoming scarce in households, and that is probably true with the tea bag in the mug for sure. We used to have a butter churn, a glass jar with a wine handle, and we had a meat mincer of our own clamped to the table, and we had hand wind beaters. Uh, love the show. That comes in from a Culmullen listener. Lovely to hear from you today. There's one. The holy water font at the front door. Frank, thank you. You know that, Sinead? Dip the finger in. Bless yourself on the way out the door. No more for sure. The paraffin oil lamp and heater. Army blankets, says somebody else on the bed. I'd say a whistling kettle that you put on the stove. The uh, electric kettles have taken over, says Wendy today. No more milk jugs, says Aidan in Cooley today. And uh, I remember we had blankets, but in the winter, the old coats were also put on the bed to keep us warm. There was no central heating. There you go. That's an addition to houses today. There is so much that's gone, Sinead. And and you know what else as well was a big staple, and I'm I'm talking about the eighties here. But you remember the saving stamp that you <laughs> used to get in the petrol station? Green Shield stamps. Yeah, and I there was, and then you'd be saving up, and Daddy'd come in, and he'd be like, "Oh, I've got there's three more tokens now," and you'd be sticking them in, and the fights <laughs> would be going on over were we going to get one of the soup bowls that had the recipes, <laughs> yes. you know, printed on the front, the good big things you can see them in charity shops now. Yeah. And yeah. then they had, was it free a Muppet or something? Was that Mastoff? And you could. Oh, I remember the free a Muppet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were kind of like puppets, kind mm. of thing. It was like early Zig and Zag kind of effort. Yes. And yes. Then, but, or else you could get like, you know, a Bruce Springsteen tape or something like that. Mm. Billy Joel tape. Mm. Yeah, but honestly, if you counted up all the money you spent on the tokens mm. to get the Bruce Springsteen tape, yes. you could have probably booked them and paid for them to come over <laughs> from New Jersey and play in your living room. Again, you had them all. That is true because you'd need about 10,000 green shield stamps to get that bowl in the name of God. It's nearly like points in supermarkets today. You think you're doing great, but you know yourself. There are so many things that people are coming to us with. The fluffy toilet seat cover, says Alicia. What about that one? Does anyone have a fluffy toilet seat cover anymore? What's the purpose of it? I do not Keep know. Keep the toilet warm. Well, it did match Sinead's carpet. It would have. Would have, yeah, would have. That's for sure. <laughs> if it was green. <laughs> it had to be or a contrasting <laughs> colour as well. What about the twin tub washing machine? Now, there's one with the roller on top where you wrung out the clothes. Do you remember that one? A twin tub and the rollers yeah. on top? No. Going, yeah, going, a, going a bit yeah, back there. Do yeah. you remember Sinead? Yeah, as well. Yeah, There's, yeah, my aunt had one. Yeah, had she? Yeah. Had she? There you go. A, a super Sair gas heater. Do, do they exist today? I super think they do. do. they? Yeah, I think. Yeah, so. but they, they've gone quite trendy now. Have they? There's, there's, yeah, there's the oh. new modern ones. They're kind of like the soda streams as well. Yes. I think the new soda streams are all chrome and shiny, mm. and sleek, and the whole lot. Like, so they've yeah. been kind of reinvented. I think. Yeah, you see, these things are going to become cool again. You think folks today were talking about stuff that's disappeared, just like Louise's flares, they'll be back. I'm telling you, they will <laughs> be back, Sinead. You can actually buy doilies now on, is it Sheen or Shine website? Is it? Yeah, so they must be making a comeback. 
again. Um, what was the other one I saw there that fascinated me? There's loads. There's so many. What about the Pope picture that people used to always get when oh, they got married? Yeah, the picture people of the Pope. People still buy that if they get married yeah. in the church. Yeah. I don't think now that's a thing of today for sure. That is something that has certainly disappeared. Oh, yeah. I have an old corkscrew at home that was belonged to my dad. You know, the corkscrew. It was just a plain corkscrew that you put in, not like the fancy ones today. And the other one, Sinead, do you know the can opener? Look at the plaster in my hand. I was using it last night. Do you know the one you run round the can? Maybe it's time to get rid of it. And it Jerry. takes your finger off. Look at look, look at Louise will verify. There's a plaster in me Tom from yesterday evening using it. The things that are no longer part and parcel of our homes today. Thank you so much. You're fantastic people, really. The messages coming to us are phenomenal. Um, that one there, washboards uh, for washing the clothes. Now, there's one that is certainly from yesteryear. The bellows for helping you start the fire. You know, the big bellows that went in and out and it pushed the wind in under the fire to get the fire. I remember that from many moons ago. Um, You were saying, Louise, the coal box beside the fire. Yeah, I just remember a lot of houses had that kind of gold effect box. Yes. Put the logs in. Or the coal into it, yeah. Yeah, or the coal into it, yeah. To to, to conceal it. And and there was a thing that went in front of the fire when... Yeah, when you don't light it during the summer. It's a a fire guard, but it was a more fancier one. A real fancy one. To use when it wasn't lit. Look at those pictures of the uh, holy water font in a home there. Thank you so much. The cuckoo clock. Somebody sent us in a picture of it as well. And it looks lovely, and I'm sure it's working perfectly as well. Um... Anything else, Sinead, while you're hanging on there thinking about what's not in the house anymore? Do you know what I'd say? Personal boundaries. Right. Because, you know, you're, you sit down, you have the phone beside you. Yeah. And a work email comes in, it's eight o'clock at night, and you're like, oh, I'll just respond to this now. Or um, you're looking at Twitter, or there's about 28 WhatsApp messages, and you get sucked into that. And I don't think we have... We have our our homes are probably a little bit bigger. They're yep. probably an awful lot warmer and more comfortable than maybe they were years ago. However, I don't think we have as much space for ourselves anymore. Mm. You know, but yeah. you know, it, there's a lot of times that really when you're looking at TV, you're on Twitter to see what everybody's talking about. <laughs> on Twitter about the TV programme that you're looking at. Yes. Um, I know um, Room to Improve is a big one. Half of Ireland goes on Twitter when they're at Room to Improve to see what everybody else is saying about what Dermot's up to. Mm. And then also, kids being bored. Mm. I spent most of the 1980s being incredibly bored because we lived right in the middle of nowhere and uh, we didn't have an awful lot going on. So either you were putting the brasso on and wiping it off or you were really doing nothing, just kicking your heels around the house or around the fields. But now kids are gaming, they're this and they're that and they're off somewhere else. That I think personal time Actually, we don't have an awful lot of it in our houses anymore. Yeah, that that is missing. That is very, very true. And and the connecting with people because of the bloody phones and everything else that's going on. Danny's been on to say that he still has an ashtray, covers on the arms and the backs of his chair, and a telephone book. There you go. So it hangs on. Uh, Seamus says you don't see. That's right. The Sacred Heart picture with the red light in people's homes now. The washboard that's come into us again. There. What about a tape recorder? Says Jacinta. There are no tape recorders anymore were you a tape recorder girl Louise yes I still have my tapes and I think I still have um, you know a stereo system with the two tape decks yes Sinead mm. yeah definitely and I remember the, you know the top 40 
It'd be played on <laughs> yes. 2FM at the time, on a yeah. Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And you'd be waiting. You'd have to put tape over one of Dad's old Dire Straits tapes or something. So then you could record <laughs> over it. And you'd be waiting. You'd be having your hand on press, play, or, and record at the same time. Yes. And so you'd be trying to cut out Larry Gogan, God rest him, or whoever it was, just to get the actual song recorded yes. on your tape. Yeah. Well, yeah. What about this for a comment? Jerry, our parents Aww. are gone. Ah, isn't that so touching? Yes, and that's something the people who were in our homes, that is so true. The people who made us, our mothers, fathers, grandparents, etc. Thank you for that lovely comment to remind us of that really pertinent fact today. Uh, the tin to keep the biscuits fresh. And have you the bit? <laughs> Louise keeps them fresh in the boot of her car, Sinead. She doesn't put them into a tin. <laughs> they find the tin. <laughs> Grandfather clock is coming to us there as well. Uh, chamber pot again. Thank you for that. Mothballs to keep the clothes safe. That was from a yesteryear for sure. And Lino. What about Lino? Lino on the floor. Yes. Yeah. You don't see Lino now, do you? No. Very sad. Sinead, Lino, no. It's coming back. It's coming, it? back oh. it's coming back. Yeah, but it's nice Lino. It's yes. like deep lino do you know it's, yes. it's very very soft it's coming back but do you know what it's very dear mm. so you see that what goes round comes around and mm. these things were mentioned today don't be surprised if they make a comeback look at me poor Tom after using that bloody opener we'll <laughs> have to buy you a proper tell you one thing I must put a picture up of it it's a, it's a, oh it gets me now and again so it does I like to use it but you have to be very careful how with long it, does it sure. take you to open a tin uh, not very long at all or not very long to open your finger I can tell you that it's very <laughs> quick at doing that for sure uh, Hi Jerry. we had a clock that had a man and a woman that they came out when the weather was good oh yeah yeah. the woman came out when the weather was good and the man came out when the weather was bad <laughs> this is Geraldine I love that one anyway listen I hope we've uh, stirred some memories up with you today Sinead Burke as usual you're brilliant look forward to your next column thank you so much for joining us on the show Sinead Thank you. Bye, guys. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful Sinead Burke there. And they're still flying in about the things that are no longer in our homes in Ireland. There's a great one from Angela. You don't see the key in the door anymore, Jerry, And that is so true. Indeed, and you don't. <laughs> the God, it's uh, cameras and locks and bolts and everything nowadays. By God, has this country changed. Anyway, it's changed a lot in the time of my next guest because I am truly delighted to welcome a wonderful man to Lake Lunch. You see, he's as well known in the county of Mead and beyond as anybody else because he spent so much time there. You'll know him when I introduce him. He is, of course, the wonderful Pat Milani. Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jerry. It's a privilege to be here. And it's great to have you with us as well. And, of course, you're synonymous with Navintown Centre, the shopping centre there for years and years. But let's go back with Pat Milani because we're doing this today because he's saying goodbye to the centre very shortly. We'll get to that in a few moments. Where are you from originally? Well, I was born in Mayo, in County Mayo, and... God knows, 1953. Um, and uh, we moved to Dublin when I was six years of age, lived in, in the north side of the city and uh, schooled in Dublin, in St Vincent's at last Nevin, and then uh, started my first job at the princely age of 14 in the retail trade, uh, in the rag trade in pennies initially. Pennies was in your pennies first job? my first job. And then moved to a food hall, which was in pennies in Mary Street. Um, and then went, moved from there on to Quinsworth, again into the retail business. And subsequently went to work for Superquin, 
uh, again, staying in the f- retail food business. And then I came to Navan and I opened Grocer Pat, my own business. Uh, and that was in 1983. Uh, had a wonderful nine years there in 83. But then some circumstances in my life changed and I had to prioritise my time and how I'd use it. And owning my own business was a very demanding mm. role to be in. So with those changes in circumstances, I needed to change career. And I, I used to go to the shopping centre when I was in Grocer Patton. I'd sit there having a burger and a chicken burger and chips were my favourite. And uh, in the coffee garden, in the old coffee garden there, I'd look across and I'd say, God, I'd love to be part of this. I'd love to be part of this action. Then I'd look at, it was Quinsworth at the time. And I said, sure, I can't do that. I'd never be able to compete with that. But as I said, circumstances changed and Providence brought about a different result for me. And a vacancy came for shopping centre manager one week before my shop went for auction, my grocer pat. And I applied for the job, and here, here I am, 31 years later, in the heart of County Mead, still there. <laughs> it was meant to be, Pat. It, was well, it really was, when, yeah. you, when yeah. you think it. And sometimes they say what's meant for you will never pass you by, and that's certainly borne out by, by, by your story as well. So, going in to manage the centre, how long was the centre there at that stage? Was it new as well? Well, well a very interesting and checkered background. Yeah. The centre opened 19, 1981. Okay. And I started in April, the late, late April, uh, 92. Yes. And at that stage, there had been 11 managers in the 10 years. Really? So it was... Um, a Premier League football uh, club. Was, <laughs> <laughs> almost, yeah. In fact, I suppose when you think about it back, it was, it was a, a fraught arrangement. A lot of the shops were privately owned. Mm. So you had 30 shops where, where the owners owned their own shop, effect, effectively speaking. And then you had ships, six shops that were owned by the developer. Mm. And, of course, there was a conflict all the time. Each of the guys who owned the shop believed that they owned the centre as well. And mm. So it was a challenging sort of a role. And, and uh, mm. it, was, it was a great challenge and, and I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, and there was a lot of um, tension, I suppose, between owner and owners. And, and uh, that was real fun. It was a real, mm. a real balancing act uh, to become a successful manager in that environment. And I suppose the way I did it was by really, in inverted commas, uh, on the surface, not caring but in fact deeply caring about what was in the best inter- interest always of the centre. And of course, that was in the interest of the landlord and the tenants because the more we promoted the centre and the more successful it became, the better the potential for each of the, the parties mm. involved. So eggshell walking would describe uh, the job at times. Absolutely. But Pat, I think your personality as well. You have that personality. I think you're somebody who can smooth out, you know, disagreements. Mm. That's one of your strengths, I'd say. It probably is, and I suppose... It might be categorising others as a, as a weakness that I would run with the hare and hunt with the hound, but that's been a real skill in developing that and, mm. and making sure that, that it's always a fine balance uh, in terms of, of how you approach people. And respect, I think, is a huge... My, my mum and dad, God be good, they taught me that respect for my fellow human being. And indeed, working with Fergal Quinn, the same thing was respect. Respect was the, was the all-important thing. Mm. And I suppose I carried through that respect in my relationships, I suppose, both at home, with my family and in my workplace and my uh, social activities. I think that's a huge, uh, it's a characteristic that's hugely important. Maybe slipping a little bit in our society, and I hope to God in, in some way that I will slip back in again because I think that mutual respect is, is a hugely important mm. thing even in the, in the face of conflict and sometimes there's a parting of the ways but that doesn't take away from the fact that each human being is entitled to respect 
And I expect to be treated with respect and I expect to treat others with respect. Well done, Pat. And I have to say in the wider world, if that philosophy was bought into by everybody, it'd be a much better place to live in this little world of ours. So you you, you take on the managerial role, you explain there what it is, you have uh, people, you know, uh, coming from different perspectives. The one thing about Navin, uh, the centre of Navin and Navin Centre itself, and I wanted to ask you this when I had you with me, it's held. The centre of Navin has held. When you look at the other big towns in the region, to talk and draw, you know that the centres have struggled. But Navin, why? I think, um, I, I don't know who it was. It prob- probably was the local authority at the time in the late 70s. Uh, uh, a piece of land was, was, was donated to the local authority for the betterment of the town. And subsequently, now, I suppose there'd be a lot of people who would say it was dishonourable the way in which it was handled. But I think building the shopping centre right in the heart of the town was a hugely courageous action. And indeed, I, I understand for the first two years of the centre's life, there was a terrible tremor amongst the, the retailers because it just didn't succeed. But obviously, it did succeed. Yes. And, um, ultimately, the shopping centre feeds off the old part of Navan, and the old part of Navan feeds off the centre. Mm. And therein, both stay alive. And mm. I think that has been the secret. We have tremendous retailers as well, and there, yes, Dons and Pennies, yes. made a huge difference. Yeah, oh, it's terrific, and 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 the town revolves around that as well. The whole inner sanctum, it's changed hugely since those early days when it was built first, and then you come in and settle down. Imagine eleven managers, and then Pat's been there now for thirty odd years. Amazing, the developments, the expansions, and that. Talk to me about those. The way it's okay, changed. Okay, well, I suppose. The easiest way to put this, when I started in 91, there was 91,500 square feet. It's now 289,000 square feet. So that's over trebled in size. And of course, the economy has trebled in size as well. And the whole um, retail uh, economy has has exploded over the last number of years. Now it's hit a little bit of contraction in 2008, Mm. 2010, and it has begun to to recover again. We now have, of course, the advent of online selling, which is a huge um, form of competition, but also complementary to the work that we do at the shopping centre. And um, the tension that I spoke about in the early days was minuscule by comparison with the tension when you're building an extension to a shopping centre and blocking the access roads and uh, retailers can't get customers into their shops because it's too mucky or whatever. Yeah, there was plenty of plenty of fun and games and sparks flying in those days. But again, it was it was all about listening, understanding, empathy, and at the same time, uh, I suppose uh, a will of steel to succeed and get it done. And and that's in fairness now, Dignan and McCarthy, who bought the centre in 1995, uh, were two enterprising men that that uh, had a great vision for for the scheme and. Um, they drove the money into the scheme and drove the extensions and uh, I suppose I became the leader of, of those extensions and, and it was a great time, good time. There were so many highlights and so many challenges, as you say. We had Celtic Tiger crashing, we had pandemics more recently and all in between. If you were asked to say, you know, the highlight of your time there, what would it be? Can you pick something out that was just fantastic? I suppose... Um, Maybe my visits to LMFM were a big part of it because I, I became known as You're one, saying all the right I, things I, I, today, I, boy. I began known as One Take Milani because I wouldn't do, do the ads and I was known as One Take Milani because I wouldn't have to do a second run. Good on you. <laughs> uh, uh, it was one of the highlights. But what was the main highlight? Probably the opening of the extension in 2004, which was a huge... Um, 
uh, addition to the scheme where we got Argos and um, Heaton's at the time and mm. Boots, a, a lot of good brands in to, to copper fasten the, the future of the centre. That was, that was a great highlight. That was a great uh, time for us. Um, and I'm thinking, what were the challenges around that time? There really weren't. I suppose the only challenge was to get enough car parking for the customers. I mean, yeah. it was just people coming from Cavan and Monaghan and everywhere. We had people coming from everywhere, and it was yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, yeah great time. One of life's gentlemen, Pat Milani, wish him all the very best for the future. Isn't that lovely to hear that? There you go. You see, that's the way they regard you uh, over in Navin Town itself. Pat Milani's with me. He's retiring as manager of the uh, shopping centre in Navin shortly. Um, when you think about retail, you started out all those years ago in pennies and you look at today, Pat, and the world of retail. You mentioned online, you know, the challenges that poses for, you know, face to face retailers. Where do you see what, what do you see for the future? Have you confidence in face to face selling and retail? I think that, that the online is I recently just bought a computer online. Mm. Uh, why did I do that? Because, well, I'm an Apple bot, so I stick with Apple. Um, I think that retail has a definite future. I think that the whole thing that needs to develop now is the customer relation thing has to be just pushed back. You know, I had an interesting experience. I came in here today and every one of your colleagues, whom some of whom I've never met, all greeted me and said, hello, you're welcome. That's retail, as far as I'm concerned. That's how business should be conducted. Now, they have no idea why I'm here. They don't know who I am. But they all greeted me and said hello. And I think when you go to a shop, you've got somebody... You know when you go to a shop and you're browsing around and or you want to get somebody's attention and they're talking amongst themselves? and That has to change. That has to become uh, a feature of the retailers. Hello, you're welcome. Come in. Come in and buy from us. Um, and I think that was what will keep retail alive. Mm. The other thing, I suppose, is, is to have the... the Invincible touch of pennies who know retail, the retailers to their heart. And I remember, oh, say 15, 20 years ago, we used to say, God, you could kick football in pennies. And that was just during a very affluent time when some of the other retailers were doing exceptionally well. Pennies kept chipping away at that market and they are now the kings I mean you know I remember years ago you, you wouldn't be seen with a penny's bag you know, you put them into a, somebody else's bag but now <laughs> penny's bags you're proud to it's carry them statement and, yeah, it's fashion, a statement of fashion so it is exactly. and they've exactly. gone into the states as yeah. well and look at what they've done over and there and pennies do a tremendous job with their staff mm. their staff are excellent quality and that's the name of the game and you see it is about people no matter what you talk about or any job you know that I don't have to tell you that the people and you're only as good as the people that you have working for you do you remember the stickers on the the little stickers the prices they used to put on all the items do I what <laughs> do I remember <clears throat> do I remember when we had to take off the stickers and we, your nails would be shredded trying to pull off the tickets because you're going to increase the price by 10% but you didn't want to tell anybody <laughs> And you couldn't even rub it out with a marker. You had to pull off the label and, oh, yeah, I think they do. What and a time. And what the pricing guns. We used to have a stamper years ago. And, oh, God, there's some very mm. old uh, old. Uh, and now barcoding and everything just takes the... Uh, haven't people, people, us humans, suffered? Because if you ask somebody to add something up now, she's don't have a clue. It has to be the beep, beep, beep. The machine does the whole bloody thing for them. You know it what does, I mean? It does. It does. It no, it does. It's, it has its benefits, of course. It has as well. But barcoding, what, what an advance! No, I just thought I'd ask you about the stickers when you were here. Mm. Well, look at you. You are stepping. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Aside, after all this time in retail, all these years, over 50 years you've been involved, um, you've lots of interest, though, besides your work. I have, I have, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Jerry. And I suppose from a personal point of view, I have cycling and golf, which I, 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 I like to participate on the golf and occasionally have a nod win, which is nice. <laughs> That's nice. Um, the cycling has become a most recent hobby in the last, I suppose, maybe thinking about this day. And so if I have nothing to do of a day, I can go out and jump on my bike and... Off Maybe. you go. So, so you did the ring of carry, did you? I did the ring of carry in September. I did Good indeed. Yeah. I did indeed. Yeah, and um, so they're they're my two hobbies, and then another passion. And I suppose I should really really emphasise how good Navantown Centre have been to me and Navin Shopping Centre when it was called that in giving me the time to to devote uh, to my favourite charity of Tabor House where I'm a chairman of the board there and have been involved since its creation uh, in back in 2004 was the first time we opened the house and the centre has afforded well I've stolen the time in inverted commas but it has afforded me the time to, to do quite an amount of administrative work and fundraising for Tabor House and in the centre have been very generous to me as a retirement gift. They're making a, a presentation of five thousand euros to Tabor House, which I think is uh, a wonderful, a wonderful gesture. Uh, and I just want to say thank you to Navantown Centre and to the traders in Navantown mm. Centre for giving that opportunity. Because Tabor House is a wonderful organisation. We're just at a point where we're going to grow uh, into a second house. Uh, we're um, hopefully getting on the ground to build another 10-bed facility for females in recovery from addictions. And we're looking forward to that challenge as well. And that will, again, take up some of my time. Mm. What about the singing? Yeah, well, look, <laughs> uh, 
there'll be a, there'll be might be a few photographs in the paper I think next week um, of uh, occasional days when I donned a dress and and uh, did a bit of hopscotch and singing around the stages in Navan and uh, in Dundalk I was in Dundalk for a number of years living there I was working in Navan and was with the musical society in Dundalk and with Na- in Navan I was with an opera society as well and did some singing up in Newry and Feshina and stuff like that and won a few medals here and there so yeah um, it's a possibility again, that's, that's another Isn't possibility it? Yeah, I, t- I actually got paid to sing a couple of times which was really nice <laughs> <laughs> the money meant nothing it was just the prestige of getting paid don't worry I'll, I'll edit it this out of the podcast so as Imro won't hear this re- repeatedly and chase you for something I have a question from a listener I did touch on it with you about the, the challenges when uh, during your time at the centre but somebody wants to know during the Covid times you know when the place was closed and that you know has, yeah. have you any more to say on that how, how big a challenge I have, I that have was? something wonderful to say I think okay. it's very very funny but um, we never actually closed there was just quite a number of retailers were closed but of course obviously essential retailing Tesco and the pharmacies no, they were all open yes. so we never closed and I didn't stop working in fact probably took very few holidays during that period but I remember on one occasion in the very early stages we were you know, working on social distancing and keeping queues separate but it was very very tense time but anyway I was outside one of the shops one day and there was a lady waiting for her mother in the shop and she was impeding the flow of traffic and I asked her politely would she mind moving her trolley Um, and she just kind of ignored me you know so I asked her a second time and then so we got a a post in there or a a message a messenger would that old fellow with the grey hair who should be at home what's the word when you had to stay at home isolating um, isolating you should be isolating at home and not in the middle of a shop etc (laughs) Get out of the way. <laughs> sure, we thought it was great fun. It was only the bloody manager, <laughs> missus. Come on. Yeah, but anyway, she called the grey-headed security guy. The <laughs> Oh, he should have been cocooning. That's what cocooning, was that the word? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, lovely. Lovely. That's a real but funny look, story. COVID was tough. It was yeah, very yeah. tough. It was very tough for our retailers, and particularly... I suppose for the smaller ones that <clears throat> they took up, even though there were government supports in there, but it was a very, very tough time for them. Mm. And very tough for staff. I, I, I felt awful sad for staff, including some of my own staff who had to stay at home mm. for two months or three months and have nothing to do. It was Even though they got paid, it was no joy to be at home when you're used to being up at seven or eight o'clock yes. in the morning getting out and going to work. And you're a people person yeah. game as you've been talking yeah. all the time face to face with people. There's more though coming in. Best of luck to Pat in your retirement. He often said hello to me which I just loved and he'll be sadly missed. You see that? The human touch. Yeah. You wear that type. You would acknowledge everybody and that's lovely to hear as well. Thank you for the lovely words. There's more uh, there as well. Will you miss it? The answer is I don't know, and I put it this way: I, I'm I'm a creature of living in the now. I've I've developed a practice over years, and indeed it's taken a long number of years to develop this notion of living in the present. You know, and there's nothing more pleasant. You'll never get a better gift than right now. No matter what right now is, it could be loss of a family, it could be somebody, it could be anything, but it's still better than the future or the past. The future, have no idea what that is. And the past is gone, you can't change it. But the present is a great place to be. And I try to live in the present. And I'm a happy sort of man living in the now. So when my now changes in two weeks' time, if indeed I'm still alive, because we don't know. But when it does change, I will strive to live in the now and be grateful for whatever it is. Whatever now is, I'm grateful for it. Sitting here in the studio today, I mean, where else would I want to be? 
Uh, so living in the now is, is a wonderful place and that's where I want to be. Do you know something? I'm privileged to be in the now with you now. May I say that? Because those words will live with me a long, long time and I'm sure with people listening to us today. Brilliant. 25th of the month, what's happening? Okay, so Saturday afternoon, I'm supposed to be working, but I'm not going to be working. I'm going to be greeting people, hope, and hopefully large crowds of people will come down. We're going to have the Ivory Sessions, and I don't anybody who doesn't know about the Ivory Sessions, they're a, a Facebook entity, and it's local talent who come into a studio and record these magnificent songs. Absolutely, some they write themselves, others are reproductions of other of other artists. Fabulous stuff. Mark Cahill is a pianist behind it, and brilliant stuff. So they're coming in. I have absolutely no idea who's singing, but I know there are going to be great surprises. Uh, whatever singing. Anyway, we're going to have nibbles and it'll probably be Ritz crackers and cheese and whatever else like that. I'm not too sure what it'll be. Th- there won't be any champagne. I'm, I'm told we can't give champagne during the day in case people go out and drink, drive a car and crash it afterwards. Okay. But there will be surprises. Surprises. And that and is the 25th well. in Navintown Centre saying goodbye to Pat Milani. You have a couple of days I know to do after that which you'll, you'll think about you were telling me. But look, you have been fantastic and I think it says it all uh, when there were so many managers in the early years and you came in in 1992 and you're there until today that is a fantastic innings it's a tribute to you the way the centre has developed the way people love you you're going to be missed but you know what one door closes another one opens and Pat Milani moves on it's been my pleasure I wish you a long and happy retirement thank you for joining me Pat thank you Jerry. Larry Clark's been on to us from Navin Road Club wishing Pat Milani all the very best in his retirement and he hopes to meet him out on the road for a spin in the future. You will indeed, for sure. He'll be singing around the place and he'll be doing lots of other things as well. Moving on on late lunch this afternoon, returning to the show to have a chat with me today. I'm delighted to welcome her back. She's Global Director of Public Relations at EML Payments and a new volunteer with As I Am, the autism charity. And what caught her attention was an article she wrote recently recently as a Forbes Council member. Hello, Marie O'Reardon. Jerry, delighted to be back. Thank you so much, my friend. Brilliant to be on the show with you today. And great to have you with us. Now, this piece you wrote is fantastic, may I say. And I just want to pick one thing out of it. And to tell people, you live with autism. You have all your life. And a statue quote in this, 85% of those living with autism are currently without work. That is shocking. You know, it was about a year ago I spoke to you from America, Jerry. Do you remember I yep. went on holidays to New York and Chicago to do some yes. autism events uh, in my spare time? I feel very lucky, but unfortunately, even in the past year, the stats haven't changed. Mm. Uh, I'm still um, lucky to be employed by a fantastic employer. Um, I'm, you know, part of the 15% of autistics in a job, but 85% of a of autistics around the world are unemployed and, and, and it's shocking and it hasn't improved in the past year since I spoke to you last and and I'm really sad about that and I, I'm, I'm sad about another thing as well. Do you remember when I was speaking to you last I spoke about my little relative in in Chicago, Kaylin, she's 12 years of age now yeah. uh, and unfortunately Jerry, uh, we've we've just lost her mum to cancer mm-hmm. and she's left, Kaylin is 12, uh, little Alyssa is 10 and McKenna is 8 and, and we're just devastated But but they have you know, so much love and care and attention in the community and the intervention. And it's so important to have the, 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 the young intervention when, when you're that age. And, and I would have missed out on, on a lot of it growing up in Ireland, like, you know, I was born in the 70s. 
Um, and even to this day, I have intervention myself as, as an adult with autism. I'm, uh, I'm now like 47 years of age. And, and I'm asked all the time by parents around the world. I recently did two speeches in Sydney down in Australia for the New South Wales government. And and I'm asked like off stage by, by, by people. And, and it's like, Marie, when will my child grow out of autism? When will they get over this? And it's very hard for for parents and families to, to comprehend, Jerry, that, that autism is for life. And I'm never going to grow out of it. I never did grow out of it, you know, and, and that can be tough. Yeah. And it's important, as you wrote in this article, to emphasise this. It's a condition. It's not a disease or a tragedy. And it varies in its impact. And listen... Uh, autistic people are among the most creative, talented people in the world. You know this. Look at yourself. <laughs> I, I look, I've, I've been lucky. Um, you know, I, d- I didn't have an easy start. I was a late walker, late talker. Um, I, I'm very thankful um, that, that I g- get to live a fulfilling life. I'm really happy. I love my work. I love my colleagues. I love where I work. I'm given the opportunity to thrive. And that's so important. And you know yourself, it takes a village to raise an autistic kid. Because I was that kid. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. It takes a community. Uh, and that's why As I Am is so important. I'm, uh, I'm volunteering now. I'm on the board. Um, it's, it's the second time I've been on a, on, on a board of a charity in my life. And I think, you know, volunteering and giving back is really important. But also, you know, trying to be an advocate and, 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 and do my best to be a role model and saying, look at... Um, this is my life. This is how I live. I, I can't not be autistic, whether it's at work or outside of work. Um, and, and it's okay to be yourself. And I think, look, I've come on a, a really long journey over the decades, Jerry, and it would be nice to, to maybe give, give a bit of experience back, do you know? As I am is fantastic and it's great to understand that you are part and parcel of it. Now, in in, in your piece that you wrote, uh, you uh, cover a lot of ground for people, you know, to you know, take on board and understand that people who live with autism are a little different. And there's ways of, you know, working with them to bring out the best in them and the best for you as well. And just picking out a, a, a couple of them. Um you start by saying it's important to acknowledge the value and acknowledge and value their unique way of thinking and processing information because that can be a bit different. Yeah, look, look, we are a bit different um, and how we process information can be a little bit different. But but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be respected and, 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 and shouldn't reach our full potential. And, you know, that's where As I Am comes in, um, helping us all to reach our full potential in life. And the great thing about As I Am, it's Ireland's national autism charity. So for every community in the country and the helpline is there and the support is there no matter where in Ireland you live. And like I said, I, I, I live in, in Leinster now, but, but I grew up in the middle of nowhere in, in, in Munster. And how far we have come along over the years and how As I Am has progressed as well and also work places and where I work as well in EML, just being given the the, the freedom and the support to to be myself, to express myself the way I need to express myself. And and sometimes that might be a little bit different or interpreted a little bit different from, from, from other people. And that's okay because I think for too long when I was a child, I was trying to just hide and act like everyone else. And that's not healthy. And it's important that you're your authentic self. And you go on to list quite a number of other aspects of, you know, life that us uh, who are not uh, part of the autism community 
need to understand is is the, is it more of an education for the likes of me and employers and people in general in society where the big challenge lies you know, I think there was a big shift when it came to education literally back in 2017, Jerry, and that's when Harvard University in America acknowledged that hiring autistics is your differentiator, it's your competitive advantage in a business. And I think we've come an awful long way since that in, in, in recent years mm. um, in, in, in seeing the potential of people who live with autism and how talented they can be in the workplace and how much they can enrich the culture in an organization as well. That's very important too. You know, we're, we're, you know, we, we, we're often misinterpreted as not having any empathy. I, I, I disagree. Um, I, I feel, and I know myself, that we're deeply empathetic. We just may not be able to express that the same as everyone else. So there's an awful lot of um, misunderstanding and stereotypes when it comes to autism as well, as I know myself, because I've been living through it my whole life. Mm. And when you come back to that stat of 85%, uh, not, you know what I mean, currently employed, it does say that there's a big work of education to do, isn't there? It, that, that really points to it. And that's why I wrote the story for yeah. Forbes. And I, and I felt I felt really, um, I, you know, it was great to know that an international publication wants to hear from diverse voices. And, and that's the education point, because that has international reach. Um, and, and I'm just thankful to be able to, to, to share my story, my experience. I mean, Jerry, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. But... but all I know is that I live with this every day uh, and I'm going to live with autism for the rest of my life. And, and it's how I can I can help other people to overcome the hurdles that I went through. Mm. One of the points you make is that we need to be patient, flexible and understanding. And listen to this comment that's just dropped into my inbox here. It says so many times I've brought my nephew places and he would have sensory overload. And Jerry, the cruel words I would hear from people that he had no manners. Instead of them understanding and educating themselves, it makes my blood boil. Thank you for having Marie with you today. That's nice. And it's a very important uh, message as well. You know, and I would have been that that young child would have had a meltdown if, if, you know, if there was a a noisy car or, or an ambulance passing or I'm walking down the street and there's a loud noise. I mean, I was that kid. I have a severe sensory processing disorder. Um, as well. So, so I can empathise with your listener because I was that kid. And it's important to, to have that awareness now and that education. And we see now, whether it's online streaming or in movies or whatever, it's become much more mainstream and much more... Um, we're seeing more um, in, in, in the mainstream media now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's important, whether it's TV shows or movies. And that's important because I didn't have that as a young child. And then, unfortunately, like I said in the Forbes story, when the movie Rain Man came out when I was a teenager, mm. that caused a lot of problems, actually, because, because then the, the, the stereotypical view of autism came in. And, and that's not accurate. Yeah. Do you just as um, an aside, through your work or when you're dealing with people, do you tell people that you have autism? Yeah, I'm very open about it. Um, look, I'm gay and autistic. I'm a double minority. I'm also a, a, a female in technology. Um, I'm very proud to be female and on the board of As I Am and autistic on the board. And I'm, I'm, I'm extremely transparent and open about it. And the other thing is, I mean, sometimes when, when you know, you're at, a, you're at a networking event or a dinner 
Um, and and look, I, I've had fine motor skins, my um, um, fine motor um, difficulties my, my my whole life. So so sometimes you know the the um, the, the knife and fork might go flying, mm. <laughs> and you kind of say, oh well, oh, yeah, Marie dropped the dropped the fork again. Yep, that's going to happen, folks. I can definitely use chopsticks better than a knife and fork. And and it's funny because when I was in secondary school, Jerry, I remember my art teaching saying to my parents, oh, well, she's not very good at art. Although I studied the history of art for three years, I'm passionate about the arts. I invest in in, in artists around the world. Um, but again, that was misinterpreted because, you know, Jerry, it's very helpful when you're a child if you can hold on to the paintbrush. Yeah. And perhaps if there was education back then in schools about working on the fine motor skills um, and seeing that actually this child has difficulty in holding a pen or holding a, a, a paintbrush. Um, so I think we've come so far over the years with intervention, particularly in schools. Mm. Um, and I missed out on all of that as a kid. And we need to come away further. Listen, I have to leave it there today, but I wanted to give this an airing. Uh, people should read this piece. Where, where, where can people access this easily to read this article? Yeah, it's it's on um, it's on Forbes.com, and perhaps if you want to tweet it out, and people we can, will. Can, can have a read. But I, yeah. I'm very grateful to you, Jerry. You and no, your listeners, thank you. Not at all. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Well done on highlighting this, and let's get that stat of eighty-five percent down. That's the idea to get it down and down quickly. Thank you, Marie. It's a pleasure, Jerry. Take care. Take care now. Bye bye. That's Maria Reardon there, Global Director of Public Relations at EML Payments and a new volunteer with As I Am, the autism charity. If you want to contact them, 0818. 234234 is their number, and that line is open from 10 to 3, Monday to Thursday. Whitney Houston, saving all our love for us all afternoon. It's a week of love, isn't it? On late lunch this Valentine's week. It is indeed. Big shout out to Mal Kerwin who saved the day with our Louise. She mightn't have been here with us today, only for Mal. <laughs> Thanks, Mal. Yeah, second puncture in what, six weeks or something? So I just literally <sighs> kind of put air into it, <laughs> held my breath and pegged it down to him and he had a new tyre on in a couple of minutes and I didn't get a day off work. <laughs> I should have recorded the phone call. I don't know what I'm making. I don't <laughs> know what I'm making. I don't know what I'm making. I'm flat tyre. Flat wheel. Flat wheel. Mal. 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 It's blow up in me. <laughs> You're the man. You're the man, Mal. You are indeed. Well done. Well, thanks, Save Mal. the day. And look at those comments still coming about the things, Louise, that are not in our homes anymore. There are so many of them. The yeah. gas meter. We didn't mention that one earlier on. A clothes air dryer over the cooker of the range says Kate Fox grandfather clock Nile Foran another one there net curtains net, net, net curtains. curtains they are I hate them yeah we used to I have them at home in our popular. house I hate them I, we used to have them at home in our house I hate them <laughs> I hate net curtains you not I, like them at all I no? hate them I hate <laughs> net curtains I really do and Louise has something that's no longer in her home well I tell you folks what you know what Louise Walsh hasn't in her home you won't believe this she's a trendsetter she hasn't got an iron in her home I don't I don't iron <laughs> Do you know what, Louise? If I actually iron, it ends up in more creases in the clothes <laughs> than when I started. <laughs> I just sit on them. Well, I'll tell you one thing. There's new Lacari in that red dress again. And by God, was the iron put in that dress last <laughs> night. Good on Starch, you, Nula. You can well. see every pleat on the dress as well. Oh, Nula has the iron still. She runs the iron on the clothes. What is it with sure. you and your weather woman? <laughs> I love the weather girls. Alexa 
Get me, you know who, Louise? Siobhan <laughs> Ryan. Siobhan Ryan, exactly. We want to have a chat. I hope to have a chat with Siobhan in the near future about being a meteorologist and all that it entails. But I do love, uh, and we love the weather. I'm fascinated by the weather, like an awful lot of Irish people as well. And the weather girls, well, they just bring a little bit of brightness to it too. Oh, staying with sport, I'm depressed today after the match last night. Arsenal beaten in the name of St. Christopher. They were... I don't know what to say. It was boys against men, to be honest with you. City, you just knew from early on. And what I say yesterday, my heart said Arsenal, but my head said City. And my head is always sort of right, you know. Don't let the heart overrule. Anyway, the Arsenal bubble has truly burst at this stage. And I just see the fixtures for the weekend. Aston Villa, Arsenal, 12.30 on Saturday. Nottingham Forest, Man City, 3 o'clock. And then at half five, it's Newcastle against Liverpool. Premier League live with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. And we have those games exclusively live here on Saturday on lmfm.ie or on the LMFM app powered by TalkSport. Unai Emery, former Arsenal manager in charge of Villa, wouldn't he love to stick another finger in the gunner's eye? And he just might do that. Ah, I think they're goosed at this stage. And being the ever pessimistic Arsenal supporter but sure when you support them all these years you have to be like that anyway there you go a disappointing last night for for Gunners fans for sure uh, hi Jerry. I have two autistic boys one more severe than the other I just heard you read out a comment there I can relate to people saying cruel things and staring I wish more people were educated about autism the world is a very cruel place. Thanks, Glenda. Thank you, Glenda, for getting in touch with me on the show today. And I say here, here to everything you say there. I couldn't endorse what you say more, to be honest with you. Now, the bingo question today. Baker's Bun is the nickname for 61. And playing the game for three weeks each for free are Margaret Conlon, Shane Megan and Rogers and Bridget McDermott. Well done to all of you. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements for the books. What's not in our homes anymore still coming to us on the show. Uh, somebody sent us in a, a photograph of the seat covers that Louise, you were talking about, Louise, a little earlier on there. An actual picture of them on the back of the chair. You can see that there. Still has them. Eileen has a washboard for her clothes. And it seems to be still used. Soda Stream, the early model. I have this one, Jerry. You wouldn't see it in many houses now. And Jerry, we use the milk jug and butter dish always. Uh, a thing that's from the past for sure. Thank you indeed to everybody who got in touch with us today. You're fantastic people. I just love the nostalgia with things that don't exist in our homes anymore. It's time for this on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... Slightly changed this week, just to remind you again, because it's my personal pick of love songs this week to tie in with the week of love and Valentine's Day. So we're at number two today, Thursday. What have I gone for? Well, I'm going back to this man's 1977 album called The Stranger. And it was released first as a double A-side with Just The Way You Are, but then released as a single in 1978 itself. Uh, from that album. It's a love song written by Mr. Billy Joel, or Joel, whatever you like to call him, to his then-wife, Elizabeth Weber, who was actually his manager and sorted out his career that was a mess at that stage. Yes, they subsequently divorced in 1982, but at this stage, in the mid to late 70s, he was in deeply in love with this woman and he penned this most brilliant love song. 
She can kill with a smile, she can wound with her eyes, and she can ruin your faith with her casual lies. And she only reveals what she wants you to see. She hides like a child, but she's always a woman to me. Mr. Billy Joel, number two in my top five uh, love song countdown this week, Valentine's week on late launch and I'll bring you the number one tomorrow. I'm perplexed about the number one, I have to tell you. I have a song that is number one, but it's nearly eight minutes. <laughs> Will we give David Sheehan the heave hold tomorrow? No, God almighty, we couldn't do that at call. But anyway, I, I may have to switch the number one, but we'll see, we'll see. I'm going to mull over this overnight. Anyway, final break of this Thursday afternoon. David Sheehan will never forgive me. Happy birthday to Martina Rooney from RD. That comes in from Oliver on late lunch this afternoon. Oh, Raquel Welsh passed away. 82 years she was. And uh, all I'd say about Raquel Welsh, in my lifetime, growing up from us the young fella. she was the bombshell of bombshells that's all I'll say and she was to the very end my god what a fantastic looking woman and we uh, think of her today passed away news breaking uh, yesterday of her demise now Lizzie Dorn is far away from these shores but I hope she's with me to have a little word hello Lizzie hello Jerry. how are we greetings from Monet in, in Vietnam <laughs> Well, 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 you are a long way away. First of all, you headed off at the beginning of the month. How was the trip and getting out there? Everything goes smoothly? Everything was actually, we were we looked out so well. So we flew from Dublin to Paris and it was the best flight I've ever had, ever. It was amazing. And the the, the cabin crew, they were all having a great laugh with us. And then we had the long, the long haul flight after that, about 12 hours. And honestly, I kind of expected worse. Like it was actually fine. We landed then in the capital, Hanoi, and we were a bit wrecked, but like we were grand. So the traveling there was fine. Um, long, tiring, but like you get through it and you're, you're grand. You're absolutely grand. And by the looks of the pictures you sent us in the last 15 minutes or so, you guys have acclimatized very quickly. Oh my God. When we first arrived into Hanoi, so Hanoi's the capital and it's up at the, the top of the country. And when you we landed in there, it was kind of like grey out, but you got off the plane. Do you know when you get out of the plane in Spain and you're like, I can smell the heat? Like you can smell, you can like sense the humidity straight away. We're like, oh no, it's going to be really humid, no sun. But it was just the day it was. The next day it was bacon. And we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> it's not so like different way of living over here completely. Like we arrived in Hanoi and the first thing we noticed we got a taxi from the airport to where we were staying in the city and like the chaoticness of it all. Like there mm. are no rules the road over here. There are no lights. There, It is a free-for-all. And like an awful lot of people use the mopeds. So you're in a taxi in a car and like there's about 15 mopeds coming up beside, like as in like window to window. I, I could probably give them a hug if I wanted to <laughs> if I opened my window. Like they're so close. It's insane. Um, Absolutely nuts. But it's honestly been such an experience it's only been like two weeks and it's been such an experience the people here like oh my god the Vietnamese cannot do enough for you like I always thought the Irish were the friendliest but I think we have competition well <laughs> they are 
That is good to hear because you were sort of speculating that before you went and now you've experienced it on the ground. There are lovely, warm, welcoming people. Just come back to the weather. Is it humid? What 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 temperatures like? Is it dry? No, up no up north heavy weather, very humid. Like when we washed clothes, it was very hard to get them dry. And then as you move down south, it's gotten a lot less humid and a lot hotter. Um, it's really sunny here. Like the other day, it was 32 degrees. And when we were in Hoi An, and we've come down a bit more now, I think we were about 28 today. Like it's it's sunny and it's warm, like really nice weather. <laughs> um, like home, I would assume. I think I've been talking to the family at home and it's not as no. not as warm as what it is here. No. And last night, the temperature kind of dropped here last night. Now it was about 17 degrees. But obviously, we're just a little bit used to the hotter weather and we're like, oh God, we need to light the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas when I was 17 at home, I'd be like out in my shorts, like delighted with life. Yes, yes. Well, I mentioned that you've acclimatised because I'm looking at the pictures here, and by God, you've packed a lot into the first couple of weeks. You look all very uh, calm and collected at the cookie, cookery classes. Oh, amazing. Yeah, that was in a place called Hoi An. Hoi An is a, it's a gorgeous town. It has like the old town there, like it's really amazing. That's kind of where all the they make all the lanterns and like tailor clothing. It's very very Vietnamese, and they do like their cooking classes are like one of the top things to do. So we did a day of like cooking classes, and the basket boat tour. So you're in this little basket boat that goes down the river, and like you can't. A lot of the people who work there don't have a word of English, but like they're so friendly and so nice. You just communicate with laughter and like making actions and it's actually just so wholesome because they don't know what you're saying but you're having a really good time <laughs> so it's just really nice and the cooking class was amazing like we did like a three course we made all sorts and we have like a vegan we have vegetarians with us we have all sorts and like they cater for everybody which is like traditional vietnamese food is very very meat orientated mm. so the fact that they were able to like actually like facilitate and accommodate for everybody was just really nice because a couple of us were going been thinking okay, maybe, like, we'll just do, like, you know, the sidey bits or whatever we can do. But, um, yeah, we started off a group of four and now we're a group of nine, so we just keep gathering all these people along the way. <laughs> Forrest Gump, uh, you, on you go and more people join you. I have to say those basket boats look fascinating, although Louise said good luck to you and everybody there. Uh, she wouldn't be trying no. them, but to describe them for listeners, like the old coracles that used to fish on the Boyne here many moons ago, I have to ask you this. Did you eat that plate of crickets? Okay, Jerry, I need everyone to know this. I don't eat meat generally, but I was like, right, I need to try one. I'm here. This is like a delicacy over here. So me and my friend Dara, who she's very strict vegan, we both tried a cricket. So we both broke it. But we and they actually taste like it tasted like if you barbecued like a pepper mm. on the barbecue, like the burnt bit of that. That's exactly what it tastes like. So you give it a go, but you won't be going back to the cricket dish, will you? I take it. No, I chowing down on cricket on the daily but I did try it so I have the experience <laughs> Is that you hanging from the rope over the waterfall there? Yeah we all Jerry should have seen me I was at Bear Grylls yesterday we were in a place called Delat and their main like we were actually going to skip this place because we didn't know what we were, how we would be time wise but I'm so so happy we didn't on day one we did this massive like uh, tour with the guy who runs the hostel we say that and we got to see all these amazing waterfalls and uh, like this coffee plantation there, loads of really cool stuff. And then day two, we did the canyoning. So basically, it was, I was climbing down waterfalls. Now, I have never done this stuff before. 
the nerves were at an all-time high. At the start, I was like, oh, guys, I don't think I can do this. But we powered through, and I ended up flying down loads of them. But, like, it was so scary. Mm. Like, you were jumping from, like, 10 feet. And I, that doesn't sound that high. But when you're hanging from a rope and you have to let go of everything and you have to jump down, and you don't know what's underneath you. You're like, ah! But it was really good. Really, really, really good. It was exciting scary it was all the emotions all oh, the emotions fantastic the pictures are amazing are you posting these can we follow you can people listening today follow your journey oh of course of course i've got loads of up on my instagram they can follow me on instagram lizzie doran and i'm hopefully gonna have something more concrete up soon okay. and when i do i'll let you know great do yeah. let us know because we want to follow you because we're going to be touching base with you as you move along so fortnight you are in vietnam what's the plans for the immediate future so we have just arrived in a place called Manet. We arrived here about two hours ago. So tomorrow we have these. This is a place really, really famous for like the sand dunes and doing the tours. It's very kind of like Dubai vibes. You go out on the quads, and then our, we're kind of heading on towards Ho Chi Minh City. Then tomorrow evening, right? And then a couple of nights there, see how we get on, and then it's into Cambodia. So I think we'll do about four nights in Cambodia. It'll be maybe one night on a travel bus or a travel train and then get to see all that and then into Thailand. Then we've got Singapore after that, but sure, we're trying to get... It actually is crazy how fast it goes and I'm meeting people who are doing, who are on like month six of traveling. Like the mm. people have like completely left their whole lives behind and are really going for it and it's so admirable because I'm like, they are living, they're literally living their best lives Like they're so happy. But also I'm like, oh God, I don't, I don't think I'd be prepared enough now for that long haul of travel because it's, like, it is tiring. Like, I'm, I'm excited for tomorrow morning to have, like, a chill morning and then have our excursion in the afternoon, like, start at about 1 p.m. A lot of it's up really early and then you're out late at night and you're meeting other people. Like, it's amazing. It's so, so, so mm. fun. But, like, six months is a long time. It certainly is. Anyway, we're going to touch base with you. Safe travels. Thank you for joining us today and it's great to hear from you. Oh, you too. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Not at all. Take care now. Bye-bye. That's Lizzie Bye. Doran. Follow her on Instagram. Amazing pictures. What an adventure she is on in the Far East. That's a lot on Late Lunch this Thursday afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. We're back 1.30 tomorrow with the final show of the week. We'll see you then. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.